Hey, welcome to another episode of Just Being Amos Podcast with my co-host Trevor. Yo, in this episode, we are going to talk about season five of The Expanse, a science fiction um, TV show. And also, we're going to talk about the announcement of Kevin Hart playing a character from the Borderlands video game that's going to be turned into a movie. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Just Being Amos Podcast with my co-host Trevor. Yo. How's it going, my brother? It's going pretty good, dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on, you can't say dog, man, because of PETA. Yeah, have you heard the news? Uh, no, what is this PETA Oh, man, business? PETA. How can I say that? They're not sounding stupid. Not... All right. They do not want people to associate, I guess, characteristics of um animals with people like for instance if you say you um let's say you filthy pig all right or you say you lazy as a sloth you cannot you <laughs> they, they what is speciesism that's what it says speciesism another ism <laughs> so so basically they they uh they hate the entire furry community is what you're saying they, they hate human race i guess <laughs> <laughs> Now, PETA is one of those ones that I appreciate what they're doing when it comes to animals, but they also have this thing where it's like, if you turn in animals to the shelter and stuff, they will put them to death because they don't believe dogs should have been domesticated or cats should have been domesticated. So it's, yeah, it's this weird thing that they're not really saving animals. They're just animal purists, which can be a little bit too extreme sometimes. Yeah, I think so too. That's really extreme. So I, I can't say you sly as a fox, or you can't say what is the other one. It's so many reference, when, you know. All of those ones, but you know what? <laughs> gives a shit, right? I'm like really, man? Come on, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, Peter. Or you dirty, dirty rat. I mean, you a snitch. You know stuff like that, man. You, you what, man? man? Fuck that. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I mean. If any of my listeners, I mean, I mean, Peter, I mean, they, they do some work, but man, like you said, they go overboard sometimes, man. They do have some extreme views, so, like, you know, it's yeah. like. So from now on, we're not going to prefer ourselves a dog. Man, screw that, man. I'm going to say dog, cat, rat, yeah. snake. <laughs> what up, dog? Let's get this. Let's get this going. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to this um, amazing podcast. No weaseling your way out of this. We are doing this podcast. Yeah, you know what? We're going to start doing that in this episode. <laughs> that would be cool. We're going to do that. So, yeah, in this episode, we got some topics we're going to talk about. Talk about. We're going to talk about the season finale of The Expanse. We're also going to talk about the news about um, the MCU with uh, Ryan Coogler attached to um, a Wakanda series. And also, we're going to talk about What's the other one? Oh, Borderlands, one of our favorite video games. Uh, we was kind of puzzled about the casting. We're going to talk about new that. casting news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so first and foremost, we are going to talk about The Expanse. Now, I know, Trevor, you are a big fan of the book and the TV series. Yes, I've, I've been – I started watching the series uh, during season one. 
um, and got hooked on it. And then I decided I wanted to read the books. So I started reading the books sometime while I was reading, while I was watching season two. Yeah. Um, okay. Cause it's, it was interesting because it's written by two authors, but they share a name. It's on with James S a James S a Corey is the pseudonym that they both go under, but the two authors are, um, Daniel Abraham and, uh, Ty Frank. Right, right, right. And so they're the authors of the book series, but they also work as writers, um, and producers on the actual television show. So they help steer it and kind of keep it, you know, within the realm. And I think that's been a huge part of why it's remained, you know, high quality and it keeps consistent to the characters and to the, you know, the, the themes and the structure of the show or the books, the the way that they, they worked. Um, so, I mean, obviously they have great showrunners, great actors and, you know, uh, great other writers and stuff. So it's, it's overall, it's been, you know, a great, um, a great experience and great, um, people on board but it definitely helps when you have the authors themselves kind of helping steer the ship 100 percent in it yeah they 100 percent um contributed to it because you know that's their baby i mean right most time hollywood doesn't really do that but they really are in there i mean they are like consulting and writing it i mean because you got a slew of writers and directors for this tv series anyway but when you got the um the creator of the book that's got the hands in it 100 percent I think that's a plus because I mean I think what you were saying is in a book they kind of combine um season 1 with book 1 and 2 you said right so yeah season 1 is essentially um a combination of a lot of aspects of books 1 and 2 um so the whole Avra Sarala and you know the the political machinations and stuff going on in season 1 of the show is not even in the book the entire book just covers Holden and Miller and, right. you know, their whole, you know, uh, proto-molecule Julie Mao um, uh, investigations that eventually kind of comes together. Yeah, and that's what I really liked about it because the show, like every show have their, um, what's this say, everybody got things going on in one show, but eventually they all combine and come meet up. So I like that because everybody had their part in the show from um, Holden to what's the Tom and Jane character name? Miller. Miller. Miller, right. Miller. Joseph is Joseph is Miller. Miller is his and, character. You know, he's he working his case and things happen with Holden and his crew. I mean, before he got to the um what's the ship? Um Rosata? What's what's the ship? Uh, the the Ross the Rosanante is the, the ship. Yeah. They they used to be a bunch of, of crew workers on like an old um is it like an ice mining I think it was an ice mining ship called the Canterbury. And then the Canterbury, like they, they went out, they discovered something that seemed unusual. So they sent out a little reconnaissance ship that had Holden and his crew on it. And as they got closer, all of a sudden these ships opened fire on uh, the Canterbury. They set, uh, they shot torpedoes at it. Right. And the Canterbury is not a military vessel, so it couldn't escape the torpedoes and it was blown up. So... Holden and his little crew that were on the reconnaissance ship were the only ones left. And they ended up bouncing around on these other things and got captured by Mars on a Martian ship and ended up stealing one of the ships when they escaped because the Martian ship got attacked. And so eventually they just kind of took over the ship that they had taken when they were escaping. And that became the Rocinante. The Rocinante. So for my listeners, what it is is actually the Earth and Mars, the Earthers and Martians, and we got the Belters, 
So that's the premise of the whole thing. You got, but they all are human beings. You know what I'm saying? They all uh, humans, right? But some, like the Belchers, they mainly stayed out of space. You know, because of the gravity and everything like that. They they cannot go to Earth because there's no gravity at Earth, right? Right. Well, so essentially you have Earth and Earth has become so overpopulated that they basically have a lot of people and there's a lot of people who don't work. They live on what's called basic. Um, So it's kind of like a a social safety net where they basically just get paid to kind of live their lives because there's not enough jobs for everybody. But then there are other people who do, you know, want to work and they go out and they get jobs and, you know, and. But it's all planet, yeah, the normal though. jobs are working, yeah, work in government or work off planet. And then Mars has become kind of a second colony. Um, and but Mars doesn't have a habitable environment like Earth does. So it involves a lot of terraforming to try and get it to become a, a habitable planet that doesn't require a dome. Um, and then you, of course, you have as you expand out into space, you have the belters who basically have been working and mining and doing all that out in space. Right. Um, but they've never grown up in a gravity well. So they grow up a lot skinnier, you know, a little like bigger heads and can't really deal with gravity uh, on like Earth and stuff. So they really can't even come planet side because the gravity is too much for them. Yeah. That's that the... it'll it literally, yeah, like pull them down or have serious repercussions. Like crush them, be honest like with that. me. Like they crush them. It's just like Right. Depending depending on yeah how much they've been in space. Yeah. There's some people who can't yeah. Who just physically can't even deal with it. It just kind of yeah, crushes them or pulls them to the ground. Right. Yeah, so that's the premise of it. So those are the three factions, you know, either you want to say it. I mean, the three. Right. And then, you know, and then you've got the whole social caste system and everything. So you got kind of the inners, which is Mars and Earth. Right. And they're kind of like, you know, if you want to look at it in one way, they're kind of like the elite of society. Yeah. And then there's the belters who are kind of um, the menial labor, the ones that are kind of downtrodden and, right. you know, treated like crap and. Just, just like you the, know, just just the caste system like India used to I mean they still got that. Um the caste system in India you got the Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. I mean it's it's yeah, it's that type of thing that we've seen throughout history where yeah. it's you know and yeah, so it's kind of like they're you know, they're being used a little bit more than they want or they you know, they don't have their fair representation or fair, you know, shake in society and government and everything. So right. they're kind of the oppressed um yeah, the oppressed class. Yeah, because like I said, we're gonna talk about. We're not gonna talk the entire five seasons because that's a lot. Of, that's a lot going on. But I think the main goal of this is just to give them a synopsis of the high, what it is, and just go into season five. Because I mean, right. I, I'm, I, it's going to be spoilers what we're gonna say anyway. And if you guys, you have not checked it out, check it out. I highly, we 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 highly recommend it. Okay. So in uh, in season five, man, we. After everything that happened with the Earthers and Martian and the Mars they wore, then it left the Belters, right? So the Belters was well, it's like overlooked in like season four. And like to come season five, we got this Belter. Um, it's Marco. What's his last name? Can't think of his last name. Inaris. Marco Inaris. Yeah. Yes, Marco Inaris. He's more of like a revolutionary. He say we. We've been overlooked so many years, and you know we got the the scraps from the Earthers and the Martians looking down on us, like you said earlier, because they were doing manual labor and this like that, and they was always taken advantage of. 
and he finally got into some type of power with the help of the Martians. See, that's the crazy part. It's, it was a lot of espionage. Right. Well, and Some of the things to keep in mind here is, you know, a lot of people complain about season four and they're like, well, season four just took place on this planet after they opened the ring and went right. in and then, you know, this alien stuff going on, which didn't connect, but it does. The important thing about season four is that they opened the ring, which then, you know, opened up all of these new worlds. Well, season three is when they opened the ring, but season right. four is like took place on one of these worlds. So they opened a ring that opened all of these portals basically to all of these other planets and worlds and everywhere. So all of these people, you know, Belters, Martians, whatever, decided to do this max ex mass exodus and try and colonize these worlds and right. you know, stake their claim, you know, kind of like a westward expansion type idea. The gold rush. Um, right, exactly. It's that type of thing, trying to plant their roots and um, – and so, of course, what happened in that case with Mars is that Mars was trying to terraform itself, as I mentioned before. And it was this long project and this, you know, this Martian pride thing. But now all of a sudden these habitable worlds opened up. And so a lot of people on Mars fled and Mars's, um, Mars's economy and everything started to collapse because they were a big military um, – uh, colony basically yeah a lot of their their funding and their money and their whatever came from building military ships you know and stuff like that but obviously once people are like well i don't want to live on this terraformed world where i have to live in a dome when i can go live on a world where i can breathe you know breathable air um so a lot of people left which then crippled mars and as a result it opened up this black market where they started selling where a lot of, you know, corrupt Martians and Martian military started selling off um, weapons and things like that. They to kind me. of opened a black market, which a lot of it ended up going to Marco Inaros right. and his free navy is what he called it, which is, you know, a belter rebellion. Uh -huh. And what and what he used that for is he used the stealth technology that he got from Mars, as well as all of the ships that he now was able to add to his fleet. And coded and it on a rock. <laughs> right. They used the stealth technology to hide these huge asteroid rocks that they then flung at Earth, you know, using gravity to, like, just fling them through space so nobody could see them. And then all of a sudden, as we see in Season 5, they just hit and devastate Earth, right. you know, and... There were some that hit Mars, too, but yeah. So it killed, you know, billions of people. Um, so this was his strike. is like the belt was striking back. Um, and so he became kind of like a hero where now everybody's like, Marcos, Marcos, you know, because he fought back. He did something that nobody thought the belt could ever do. But as we'll find out in the next in this season and the next season is that just because you've struck back – doesn't always mean you have a long-term plan. That's right. So, and, uh, and the thing is, you man, know, a, a little bit of a spoiler here, but you'll kind of start to see that a lot of the traits that Marcos, ha Marcos has are kind of like Trump's traits. Yeah. I've so noticed you'll, that. you'll see a little bit of Trump in him. And that's not, and this was written before Trump even became president. So right. there's been a lot of, you know, um, dictators and, um, leaders throughout history who have been like this so it's not like he's anything unusual or unique but you'll start to see that yeah you could tell with uh, his character man he is out for himself he talk a good game and everything like this so this is for the right. belt he, yeah he's very charming yeah he you know he's like this is this is for the belt this is for the you know he's like he gets the people to like you know embrace his ideals 
But but he killed his own people though too. So that's another thing. I think he also killed some of his people. If you don't with him, you are the you're gonna die. Well, yes, he also does that thing. Yeah, it, either you're with me, or then, or I'll just kill you guys too. So it's kind of one of those. Yeah, he's kind of not really being. Hey, I'm recruiting guys on my team. It's kind of like you know, if you're a belter and you're not with the free navy, then you're a traitor, and I will destroy you. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it. Cause I, I can't stand his character, man. Like, I'm, I'm just watching this season, season five. Like, this son of a bitch here, man. Then he got your son, soaking in all the bullshit that you're saying. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like right. Really, so dude. the, the, yeah, the thing about his son is his, as Marcos used to be in a relationship with Naomi Nagata, who is one of the crew members on the Rosinante and, um, Holden's uh, girlfriend, mm-hmm. um. And uh, so she had a child with Marcos like years ago um, and now and she was forced to flee because she didn't like the tactics that he was using. Um, but basically what ended up happening was they took Philip as their son. Uh, Marcos took Philip away from her and hid her from her. And so and so she couldn't find him. And then eventually she had to leave um, because she just couldn't stay any longer. Um, and had to abandon her child. And, you know, she lives with that regret every day. And then so in order to give Fred Johnson the proto-molecule, she made a bargain with him that he would help her find her son. And at the beginning of season five, he has found her. Or it, Fred has found him. And so um, basically, yes, he's grown up with Marco as his dad, and so he's kind of grown up to be radicalized um, to all of Marcos' beliefs. Yeah, with the lies that he told his son. Right. So then this comes as, yeah, as a problem where once she does get in, Naomi gets in contact with her son, is that, yeah, he he believes that she abandoned him um, and that he never wanted him and she never wanted him and all that other stuff. So he's angry and, you know, he believes in all of these, you know, everybody should be killed. And he even led one of the things that shot the rock at, um, earth. Yeah. So he's basically, he's responsible for billions of deaths. You know, he's not innocent in this, but you know, she wants to at least save him by getting him away from Marco. And that's a huge part of her trajectory in season five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like, it, like I said, this it's been a, it was a great season, man. Like I said, I enjoyed the series and everything like that. But with all that going on, Marco and you know he think he's about to seem like to me he think he's on a path of victory with Mar and with Mars help and everything like that with the Martians help. But it's like in the later in like the last episode that came out week last week, I guess um, we see Marco heading to the ring with the help with the Martians, right? And they go into this ring. And you see all the other portals open up and everything. And when the Martians finally go into that um, portal, all of a sudden they are like, they disappear and like evaporate. And it, that, that never happened before because when they actually go in the portal, they just go in there. And you just see like liquid. This wasn't even liquid. Like it was just like ash, like fire type fire, you know? And I said to myself, I said, this, you know, I'm going to go back because this goes back to one of the season that Holden had a vision. Uh, when he opened up the ring, it was like an invitation to some other kind of um, alien race that annihilated the people who um, formed the ring. Am I saying that right? Yes. Yeah, okay. 
So what happened? Yeah, so there's yeah, we we haven't gotten a lot of the proto molecule. We saw that a lot in the first couple seasons, but it's been a oh, little bit yeah. less present in the the more recent seasons. Right. Although season four was a huge thing with the whole alien artifacts on the planet. Yeah, that was a big one. That that was like the entire season, man. Right. So um so basically we're gonna see a little bit more. Um I didn't want to get too far ahead, but Essentially, at the end of season five, where uh, Mars goes through the ring and um, and there's that big ship or whatever, that alien ship, I think a lot of that is going to be stuff that's from – I haven't read past book six. Right. Um, but you will speculate so I think that that's, it's, come, it's coming from the other I, – I know, I know that that is. Like Admiral Duarte and his and the Martians and everything, it'll take place like some 30 years later. There's uh, a, a big time gap between book six and book seven. And, uh, and so they had gone – Mars had gone into the ring and nobody had seen hide nor hair of them um, for 30 years. Right. And I think all that alien artifacts and stuff like that is going to start coming back into play. The whole Martian ship is that, yeah, I do believe it looked like the Martian ship as it went through the ring was being deteriorated. Right. It was just, yeah, it was, it was vanishing. It was being uh, consumed. And that does play a role in season, in book six. But I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but that is something I think they're they're previewing for book six. Right. Um, so we'll see that more of that in season six. Right. Yeah. Because the thing, because I know you said it's actually nine books total. There will be nine books. They're still writing the ninth one. Oh, okay. um, it's due to come out, I think, sometime later this year. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, it's not going to be nine seasons. Because like you said, they actually combine books with one season. You know, like season one is book one and two. something. So, well, basically, uh, basically the way the way I think it's working here is um, season one and well, season one was kind of a little bit of book one and book two. Um, the first half, the first half of season two was the last section of book one, and then the second half of season two and the first half of season three was book two, and then. The second half of season three was book three, and then season four was book four, and season five is mostly book five. Wow. And then it looks like season six, because season six has been – they've said that it'll be the last season, um, I think they're going to throw in a lot of that stuff from – books seven through nine right. so that's why they're playing this whole alien ship angle and admiral duarte going in the the ring and everything like that because i think they're going to try and you know combine some of that into it because otherwise you've you've left off book six just kind of leaves off with the whole marcos and the free free navy um war whereas then the whole protomolecule stuff which is what you started the whole series with comes in the later half with the last three books. Right. So it would be weird for the the season to just end without them ever really discussing the protomolecule. True. So I think they got to bring in at least some of that from the later books into season six so it has some sort of conclusion on TV. Yeah. And Marcos get his come up in <laughs> some kind of way. Or will he? Well, that's the thing, you know. I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I don't care. I mean, I don't want my listeners. Don't, don't spoil it for them. <laughs> but, yeah, man, like I said, I really, really enjoyed this season, man. I really have. And um, I might get around reading yeah, no, the books. This, this is a great one. I might do um, audio. Season, right, yes. Book five has been my favorite so far. Um, the thing I liked about book five is because, as you noticed in season five, is that all the characters kind of went their separate ways to do their own thing for a oh, little while. Yeah, they did. Which the great thing about the book is that the book kind of focuses on specific point of view characters throughout the uh, throughout the book. So you really only get into like Holden's head or, you know, um, or one of the other, you know, enemy characters. So you can kind of see what's going on with the, you know, the adversaries and stuff like that. But most of the time, yeah, it's in, it's, if it's on the Rossinante, it's probably going to be Holden's. from Holden's perspective. Right. But the nice thing about book five is that because they all went their separate ways, we got to see most of the, the different plots from the point of view of those specific crewmen, crew members. So like Amos, we got to get inside Amos's head, which is always fun because Amos yeah. is a sociopath. I like Amos. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Amos is my favorite. He's like the best. Um, but I, I love getting in his head because it's great to see the way he thinks, you know, and he says a little bit of it as he goes along. But, you know, you get this whole, you know, the, the whole when he's on the ship at the beginning and he goes to fight those guys in the locker room and he's like, you know, I hate waiting. So let's right. just get this over. With. Yeah. You know, it's like he's he's got that very protective mentality. But, it, you know, at the same time, it's kind of like, you know. Uh, enough with I'm not putting up with this guy these guys shit <laughs> you know let's let's duke it out I'll take you guys down and then we'll be done with this and then I can just go about my day and no, I, <laughs> you know I really, like it's nothing what I really like it, it's like oh I'm gonna go take my shower and then you know like we would be like I'm gonna go take my shower and then I can get on with my day and just move on right you're you know? right you know what <laughs> I like, his the episode I like him with is the doctor from the um from that planet that got destroyed and you know he was teaching him how to shoot and things like that you know, and and they finally caught up with the doctor that had his um, the other doctor's daughter, right? And oh yeah, Prax, Prax, yeah. Prax, right? Prax, and Prax told the doctor that you ain't that, you're not that guy, you know, to kill him. I, yeah, because Prax wanted to get the guy who basically took his daughter and yeah. was experimenting on her. Yeah. So they finally trapped him, and Prax was going to shoot him. And then Amos mm-hmm. comes in and stops him, and is like. You're, you're not, not that, that guy. guy. You're, <laughs> you're a good guy. Yeah. You know, don't do this. Don't shoot Dude. this guy in front of your daughter. You know, go it's... take your daughter and leave. Right. And then the guy, you know, the doctor that he stopped is like, oh, thank God. Thank you for saving yeah. my life. And then he's like, no, no, no I am the... that guy. And then <laughs> blew Amos killed the guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I like Amos because he's very protective of the crew member, of the people that he's loyal to. You know, it's, it's, a, yes. it's, it's, it's family. Amos. Amos has his own um, set of morals. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he, he's very protective of those he's loyal to. Um, you know, there's a thing that a, a lot of people are like with Clarissa and stuff. But I think I think Amos even mentions it to Avasarala at some point where he's like, um, you know, he doesn't sleep with people he cares about. So he's very much like a protective person. So he, he kind of takes Clarissa under his wing yeah. as somebody who needs to be protected. Um, it's, you know, it, there's nothing romantic or whatever there. No. Um, but that's the way he is. And he tends because of his sociopathy, he, um, and his, you know, his violent streak is that, and the, because mostly because of the way he grew up and was raised uh-huh. is that 
he sometimes has trouble figuring out where the line is between right and wrong and when he's going too far. So what he does is he latches on to somebody who has um, greater values, like, you know, uh, someone who's a, a more moralistic person and kind of follows their example. Like so that's why we, that's why when we meet him early on, yeah. he's very beholden to Naomi because yeah. she is, she's more of a moral person than he is. Mm. So he's attached himself to her so he can keep himself in line. And then Holden becomes, of course, the epitome of, you know, moral rightness. Right. <laughs> um, whether, whether you agree or not, you know, Holden is righteous, but he, he attaches himself to Holden as the person that he needs to exemplify yeah. in order to stay on the right side of the law. It was but, so, you know, every it was now so and funny. Then, he's, He's the he's the crew's bruiser. So yeah, you know, when is. you need something done, you know, some stiff arming, that's that's when you bring Amos in. Yeah, it, it was it was funny. To, it's a funny that um, the one um, scene in one of the episodes is that when they finally meet back up, um, Amos Holden and um, Naomi, um, <laughs> um, Amos get on the ship and talk to Holden. You know, remember that time? You know, you wanted to kill me. Are you still going to kill me? And he was going on, <laughs> and all of a sudden, and now you're the favor. <laughs> then yeah, nah, well, I love I love the way Amos broaches him. The, that's the great thing about Amos is Amos is a straight shooter. Yeah, he so is. <laughs> he actually comes in, you know, handy for Holden. You know, you see it some in the books, and I think we'll see it in uh, season six. Is that, that you know you can always rely on Amos to kind of set you straight and tell you you know what you up. need to know. Yeah, uh, what's up? <laughs> but yeah, I, I do love that thing at the end. He's like, you know, you remember how you know we. Uh, you wanted to kill me or you were going to kill me and, you know, but now we're cool. We're friends, you know, so we're over it. Well, he's basically setting up the whole, you know, you remember how Clarissa wanted to kill you, but now you guys are cool. So I need a favor. She's going to come live with us on the ship now. And you're cool with that. Right. Glad we had this dog. But of course he never mentions Clarissa. So once he's like, you know, but we're cool. So it's good. Right. Yeah. Nothing to say. <laughs> he's like, All right. He says it's okay. And then Clarissa comes and Holden's like, what the fuck what just the happened? Fuck? <laughs> he played him, man. That was pretty cool what he did. You know, and he had nothing to say. He said, like, what happened? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I really enjoyed this season, man. And like I said, if um y'all listening, you know, if you like science fiction, action, even the political intrigue that got going on, the, this is a good um show to watch, man. You don't you agree, Trevor? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, it's it's fun the way that the series kind of changes up some aspects from the book um, to kind of make it all fit and work for TV because, you know, they're very different animals. But um, but yeah, like it, I always find it funny. Like, one of the things that um, I remembered is that remember how we were talking about Bull, the guy that they brought on as the security chief for Fred Johnson. And oh, then he was you know yeah. acting as the pilot on the Rossinante yeah. at uh, during the season. Well, Bull is actually that character from book three who was um, who remember when I said that drummer kind of took over that role of of a guy um, and then he ended up dying in right, the yeah. uh, elevator shaft. Yeah. yeah, that was Bull. Oh, that's yeah. He was the security chief that was placed on the um, the Tyco. It later becomes the Medina, but um, yeah, yeah. the behemoth. The be oh, yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the Mormon, you know, ship or whatever that then became, you know, uh, in any case. So he was placed on that and they were supposed to be in charge of watching the ring. Um, but Drummer kind of took over that role. Um, and then, you know, when she survived in the elevator shaft, 
he actually died in the elevator shaft in the book. But now they've actually brought that character in and used him as the security chief for Fred Johnson, but brought him into season five instead. Um, so it's it's cool the way they do that. And Drummer herself is barely a character in the books, at least not in the first six books. Right. Um, but meanwhile, they've kind of melded like four different characters into her. So she's she's Drummer, but she's also uh, a, a mechanic named Sam. And she's also a, um, a character who is in book three, but then defected and was then part of Marcos's free Navy, but then becomes a pirate named Michio Pa, who, so she kind of takes over that, you know, the, you know how they have the, the poly, uh, the, the polygamous family yeah, yeah, yeah. that she has on her ship, the uh, drummer has. Right. Yeah. Basically that exists, but that's a, that character is Michio Pa, who actually one of the other female characters in that relationship is Michio Pa on the show, but she just doesn't <laughs> play the same role. Oh, they damn. basically gave all that to drummer so that drummer has this place who keeps showing up in all of these, um, in all of the, the, the seasons. That's a great move um, for to the, kind of, yeah, that's a great yeah, move. Yeah, exactly. Did. Right. Okay. So, well, I guess, you know, for, um, the guy, what's his name? That's Sam, not Sam. The other guy you said, um, they got shot in the shaft, the, um, the security guy. Um, I guess he's going to be, he's going to be the pilot then, I guess, going forward. Maybe we're not sure what what they're gonna do. So yeah, we probably should kind of discuss that a little bit. Um, yeah. Is that some people may have been a little shocked at the end that all of a sudden Alex just died. So Alex is Alex Kamal is the pilot of the Rasinante, who we've seen through the entire five seasons. And all of a sudden, at the end of season five, you just suddenly see him in the ship and he's stroked out and he's dead. Um, he does not die in the books, at least not at this point in the series. If he does at all later, I don't know. Um, and what was the reason why he died, um, Trevor? <laughs> the actor, uh, Cass Anwar, kind of got in trouble with sexual harassment and you know texting and things like that. Um, so they opened an investigation on it, and I guess they must have concluded that you know whatever happened they didn't want him as part of the show anymore. So he was fired and will not be part of season six. Um, they had already shot almost all of, if not all of season five at that point. So it's not like they could just scrap his character. Yeah. So at the end, they kind of gave him like a, a noble death, I guess, um, in order to write the character out of the show. Yeah. And so, yeah, the bull may become, their pilot or they may use Clarissa to be the pilot now that she's on the ship, even though her role in the books is she's just kind of, um, she works with Amos in fixing up the ship. Right. But you know, you never know. Cause, um, at this point that's the, yeah, that's just a big question mark because there is no precedent for it in the books. Oh, okay. All right. So there you go. Alex, no more. <laughs> she, there you yep. go. So, uh, like I said, um, Trevor, I think you said you really highly recommend this um, TV series. And also the book, too, if you want to read the book. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely read the books. They're they're uh, they're great. Um, but, yeah, I love this series. It's really good. It's nice, you know, great characters, you know, um, interesting plot line. And then the um, just kind of the, the way they try and keep things realistic when it comes to space. 
yeah. is always, you know, really fun. You see a lot of like the touches with the gravity and the, you know, the belts when they, when they try and buckle themselves in, they're kind of floating a little bit, and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's nice to see a lot of that realism, um, that they try and bring into the show. Yeah. So yeah, so guys, like I said, check it out. It's on Amazon Video. Yeah, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. Yeah, Amazon Video. Prime Video. Yeah, it's on that. And then, I think, like I said, they are filming. Think they might be filming season six pretty soon, maybe. Oh, maybe next year. I think they've year. already started. They started. Okay. But yeah, I think they've already started shooting. Right. Okay. Cool. So guys, check it out. The Expanse. Our next topic is going to be, <laughs> like I said, our favorite video game, Borderlands. And um, there's going to be a movie based on a video game. And I think Trevor came, brought to my attention that there's some of the casting already. And one of the cast, <laughs> I couldn't believe right. it. Right. Well, 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 first, uh, yeah. So basically they announced a while ago, maybe about a year ago or so, that there's going to be a, a live action Borderlands movie. Um, and Eli Roth was attached to direct and they had Kate Blanchett already attached to play the character of Lilith. Right. Um, and that was about all we really knew. Um, for those, but recently, for, go ahead. for those who don't know Eli Roth, he's a director. He sometimes act. He was in *Glorious bastards as the, um, the bear Jew, right? Yeah. He was yeah. the guy with yeah, the baseball, bear Jew. Bear Jew, baseball bat. <laughs> So he also wrote, he writes and directs. I think he directed Cabin Fever because he is known for like over over the top violence and gore. Yeah, he and the Hostel movies are the big. Oh ones yeah, that's right. So, yeah. yeah, his yeah his stuff is is very much like gore porn or torture porn is right. what he's known for. Right. Um, you know, he's softened up a little bit recently, but yeah, it's. But Borderlands is Borderlands is both very comedic. But it's, it's also violent. got like, yeah, it's it's got like this large, you know, high level of violence and stuff. So from the violence standpoint, you know, Eli Roth is definitely a good pick. I'm not really sure about his comedic chops, but, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. We'll see what we'll see what comes of it. Right. But yeah. And then it kind of seemed weird that they decided to cast Kate Blanchett, who I love Kate Blanchett. Don't get me wrong, but she's like in her 50s. Yeah. Um, but she's playing Lilith. But it's like, okay, fine. Uh, you know, I can kind of see the resemblance. I can kind of see I'm sure she'll do a great job. But now we've learned a new bit of <laughs> casting news that really has me scratching my head. Um, so apparently uh, they've cast Kevin Hart. Right. You know, a short comedian. Yeah, he's a short guy. <laughs> to play the character of Roland, who, if you've played the games, would know that in this in this world full of zany characters and, you know, hilarity and all this other stuff. He's Roland straight. is the stand-up straight man. Yeah. <laughs> he is not funny at all. <laughs> he's serious. He's about the seriousness. So <laughs> the fact that they cast, and yeah, so he's like this big, muscular, like, soldier. Yeah. And the fact that they, they cast Kevin Hart in this role is just dumbfounding. You know, I'm, I really don't understand what they're trying to do. I really see the I mean, rock maybe in Kevin that role. <laughs> Right. I mean, maybe Kevin Hart is trying to, you know, try something new and take on a serious role, but it's, it just seems like complete miscasting to me. He, might, he might be a fan of the game too, though. He got, he got a son so and a daughter. He might be a big fan it's, of the game. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible. And, you know, and don't get me wrong. 
you know, Kevin Hart is very talented. He could do a great job. I just find it very weird that you're going to commit. You're going to, you're going to cast somebody who's a zany comedian. That's kind of his thing. That's his shtick. Right. As the serious guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, mean, yeah. Can... It's just, it's just a little strange. That's all. Well, you know what the crazy part? You've seen Central Intelligence, right? Yes. It was a complete opposite. He was not the zany guy in that one. It was The Rock. I mean, he was some comedic things well, yeah, in the there, Rock but was a little... <laughs> yeah, he was not the leading but, you know, it... dude. That was why I was like, "What? Well, Kevin Hart not the leading comedian?" Right, but the com- the comedic aspect that comes from that is that basically Kevin Hart is like the fish out of water. Yeah. Um. So what makes it crazy is that he's suddenly embroiled in all of this stuff that's just way over his head you know he's he's not trained for this so he's you know he's kind of like going crazy he's like oh that's gonna you know so you can get that high energy that you know kevin hart can bring to the role whereas you know roland is he's a soldier he's you know he's calm he's collected he's not in over his head it's you know a totally different thing but but But, you know he's He's also not the quippy one-liner guy either. But you know what, though, man, we talking about a video game, a movie based off a video game. How many, how many movies been based on video games that has been very successful? Not many. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a one. <laughs> <laughs> not many. The Tomb Raider stuff was okay with Angela, jo- Angela, Angela Jolie. Yeah, that was. Okay, I guess it did pretty good. The first one did. Yeah, I mean those ones were okay. Yeah, um, but, but that, yeah, there there really haven't been too many far good from, far from many <laughs> just video game movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we talking about that expectation not very high. No, that's true. So I mean, we got to think of it like that way too. But you know, it's kind of odd with the casting of him playing Roland though. That's kind of odd, you know. Even Kate Blanchett uh, tied to it, you know. So. <laughs> So yeah, man. So I was kind of okay. I, I, I guess I give it a shot. I mean, whenever it come out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm still willing to give it the benefit of the doubt, and we'll see what comes of it. Yeah, it's just, it's just been, yeah, one weird piece of <laughs> news after the other from this movie. Yeah, I know, right? I know. So that's um news on Borderlands. Kevin Hart and Kate Blanchett's attached, and Eli Roth as director. Is um, we'll see how where it goes from there, man. You know what um. Movie studios doing it? Production? Uh, I don't remember offhand. Okay. Well, I'll look for it later. And then other news um, that's movie-related, but it's not, as that was announced, Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther, has signed a deal with like with Disney Plus to start doing like a TV series, a spinoff of um, Black Panther called Wakanda. Now, I think that's a great idea. And, I mean, with Ryan Coogler, man, he's a, he's a great director. And um, yes, and I think that is a wise move from Disney to do, because what? Because since One Division was the first of many um, Disney Plus um, TV series for the MCU, and like we said so far, One Division has been very entertaining, <laughs> say the least. You yes, know? it's it's been great. Yeah, been I've great. been really enjoying it. So um, with them announcing Ryan Coogler going to head this TV series, I think that was awesome, man. You know, so I think they ain't going in the right direction. So he's have a, he got a lot of things to do from this from this TV series to the movie. His plate is full. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I did find kind of funny about um, the announcement of the Wakanda Disney Plus series is that it's like 
it was going to be like Wakanda exploring the different areas of Wakanda, you know, things like that, which is kind of the exact same description of what they're doing with Black Panther 2. Right. And I, I know there's so much going on in Wakanda and so much you can cover, but I just found it kind of weird that it was the exact same description. It was like, so if you have a movie, why do you need the TV it's show? Insane. But yeah. I mean, yeah, there's all the different tribes that you can get into and, you know, the and different I, characters we've already met. Like, you know, we, we got Shuri and we got, um, Mubaku. Uh, yeah, Mbaku. Mbaku. And then what, what's the, uh, what was his, his love interest? Like, um, Oh yeah. Black Panther's love interest. What's her name? Damn. I forgot her name. La, 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 I forgot her name. Damn. I want to say it starts with an N or an O. Oh, I can't Nuganyu? No. No, um, I, I'm I forget my... offhand, but you know, but yeah, you have so many different, you know, characters and tribes and, you know, things that you can get into. So it's, there is a lot to, a lot to cover. And who's to say, so, you know, I think it'll be great. You know, we'll just say outside interference, you know, from another different nation or country comes invade Wakanda, you know, stuff like that, you know, the political aspect of it, you know, the, the mock, the mock diplomacy and stuff like that, you know, who to say, if they bring in Doom, Liberia invades. Because this is a storyline in the um, books about Doom invading Wakanda, being mm -hmm. the Black Panther. So it's, in many ways, they could go with this. So uh, that's what I think. Because yeah. they got that vibranium, yeah, I mean, there's, man. There's it's, definitely a lot to explore. Because it's a rich nation. Or, I mean, nation. Damn. A rich nation in resources. So well, who to say if somebody want to invade it? You know, they've already been invaded already by Thanos and his um, army in Infinity War. But, I mean, who say, like, a um, nation of, say, somewhere in Russia or some China or some other made-up nation come to invade and try to take the resources? Right. I mean, for sure. Because Thanos was really only there to get the stones. Right. That's all he cared about. He wasn't there for the vibranium. No. Because it's a precious metal. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a high commodity. <laughs> so, you know, other countries yes. are taking notice. After announcing to the world that Wakanda is not this little village or whatever, it's a nation of technology right, now that it's yeah this rich nation with yeah res vast resources so that they could work go from that point of view i think i think they might go that point of view to be honest with you man what else can you yeah i think they will i think they will so yeah that's no, very possible yeah so those are the three topics we talked about man we got anything else we got to say trevor that you guys can think of i know those are three things we wanted to talk about today yeah, no, not really. Okay. All right, cool. So, guys, um, like I said, if you um, watch like science fiction, um, space and stuff like that, check out The Expanse. You know, if, if if you like Borderlands, hope you'll get a good movie because, like we said, most movies, most video games, movies based on video games do not turn out very well. Double Dragon. No, not usually. Mario Brothers. <laughs> The yeah, list goes no, on exactly. and on. Mortal Kombat. There's a lot. Anything <laughs> by Uwe Boll. Oh, uh, my God. House of the, the Dead. Resident Evil franchise. Oh, God. By the way, uh, <laughs> speaking of Resident Evil, I know the Netflix series might be coming out pretty soon. The, the movie, I think. Uh, I believe the movie, yeah, I just saw something yesterday that um, it had something had posted in Europe that it was coming out in September of this year. Oh. But... Then I think they pulled it and just said like later this year or something like that or, you know, it's coming soon. But, yeah, so we may see that one before the end of the year. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you know, like I said, you know, 
Hollywood just does not have a good track record as far as no, uh, but I, I do, I do have high hopes for this new resident evil reboot because it's supposed to stay more true to the games. Right. So hopefully they can pull it off and make something decent. Well, we hope they can pull it off, man. Cause like I said, we could do a whole podcast on movies that suck based off video games. Hey, hey yeah. yeah, that's a nice title for one. <laughs> we we already discussed that and we were like we should come up with a list and I started writing a list and it was a really long list. Yeah, we're gonna have to do ten. I haven't watched it, a lot of these movies in like decades. Oh so my god, you I know, wouldn't even know where to begin with talking about them. But they are rebooting Mortal Kombat though. It's going to be an HBO Max. That's not surprising. Yeah, because you know they they're doing that now. They're going to be in the movie theaters then HBO Max. So yeah. Anyway. Trevor, how can people reach you through your social media? Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Toshiro Noronin. And guys, you can check me out at JustBeingAmos.com and also on my Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter account. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Peace. Just being a